We used to have, we have this uh, semi-pro football team down here, the Colts, the Pittsburgh Colts. I don't even know if they still exist, but they played in Carnegie here, right? Somebody called me and said, hey, listen, you got to go down there to their practice because they've got a 67-year-old kicker, right? So I go down to the practice, and I, and and sure enough, there's this old dude uh, he's there kicking the oldest football player in the country tackle football player okay that seems like an interesting story here's some 67 year old guy that's out here kicking and, and playing tackle football of course he had just gotten back from ba- being injured because he tried to recover an onside kick and broke his ribs so that was kind of interesting but I noticed that he had an accent, like a, you know, German, Eastern European type of accent. So I started talking to him here, found out he was a Holocaust survivor. He was interned in a, in a, in a, in a uh, concentration camp. He watched his family get slaughtered in the streets and many of his neighbors and everybody else, right? He escaped from the camp. Ended up somewhere, you know, um, like uh, not Switzerland, but somewhere like that. Started playing soccer. And then apparently, I think it was Eisenhower had some sort of a program where X amount of uh, refugees from uh, from his country were accepted into the country. He came into the country, couldn't speak English, but he played soccer. He started out at a restaurant as a dishwasher. He was making like 15 or 20 cents an hour. From that, he basically, uh, you know, uh, turned it into some other jobs where he was making some money. He ended up enrolling at Penn State, put himself together, put himself through school, uh, got a job as an engineer for a steel company. And at age like 50-something, was was walking past a high school, and he saw some kids kicking footballs, and he had never really seen it before. And he told him, no, 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 you're supposed to be kicking it under the post, not above the post. They explained to him what it was. He started kicking it, liked it. He actually had a tryout with the Steelers in like 1970-something as a, as a, as a 50-year-old, 55-year-old or something, whatever it was, you know, 52-year-old. He had basically really, been, even though he's 67 years old, he had only been kicking footballs for like 15 years. Now... Andrew, if that guy was your neighbor, you would consider that as just an ordinary person. You probably wouldn't even know that about him, right? He's just some nice right. nice yeah. old guy that you have a few beers with, right? Yeah. But that's what we talk about, ordinary person with an extraordinary story, right? Like, it was obviously a great story. I mean, I, and not just because I wrote it, but it was easy. It was, it was the hardest part was, you know, trying to pull, you know, uh, pare it down so that it fit in the newspaper, you know, because there was so many different facets to this guy's life. It was fascinating when I was talking. And, and listen, it was one of those things where I was like, all right, I'm going to go down there. It'll be like a 15-minute interview or whatever. I'll, you know, it's kind of interesting, 67-year-old guy. I ended up talking to him for hours. And just every word that he talked about. And then he, then he would say something, well, yeah, you know, I did this. And it's like, well, wait a minute, you did that too? And we, you know, I mean, we... That's, a, that's this this Rob uh, uh, what's his name Rob Oliver from White Oak. The more you read his story, 
This is the talking about the guy that broke the record, 37 hours, 44 minutes, and 17 seconds of interviews, straight interviews. The more you read about this guy, the more that he fits into that category. Really. Ordinary guy with an extraordinary life. I'm going to just give you a few details in a little bit here. You know, it, it, it started, really, as just sort of uh, looking for a little bit of an offbeat story, you know, this story about this, this guy from uh, White Oak. But the more you dig into it, the more incredible it is. Talking about Rob Oliver from White Oak, he, uh, 37 hours, 44 minutes, 17 seconds, set the Guinness Book of World Record for the longest interviewing marathon by almost eight hours, which is incredible if you think about it. But here's the thing, you know, uh, he's been in a wheelchair since uh, 1993. He was in a surfing accident in the Outer Banks. But he started his career in communications at age 16. And so now, you know, he has built his, he has built his business, his, his communications business. He does uh, speaking engagements to students, faculty, travels all over the world, right? Writes books. He does uh, a, a number of different speaking uh, in, engagements for, you know, everything from corporate CEOs to students. And so at this point, Despite his physical uh, limitations, he's also the father of triplets. And um, he decided he was going to do this because he started in 2021 a podcast called Perspectives on Healthcare, where he does a podcast where he he basically tackles a lot of the issues that we always talk about with, with, with healthcare, you know, pricing. You know, limitations of uh, of uh, networks. You know, d- d- changing laws that you know uh, prescriptions, the whole nine yards. So he just decided when he was going to do this interview that it was going to actually these interviews were going to turn into podcasting pieces. So he did fifteen minute interviews. I mean, imagine lining up how many different people you have to line up. To do 37 hours of 50, that's four times, it's like 100 and some people. The three main questions, what is quality health care? Who is doing it well? How can it be improved? And so, this is what he tackled. He reached out to like all kinds of friends and, 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 and family. He heard from people in New Zealand, Mumbia, Australia, Scotland, Alaska. 142 people scheduled total in 15-minute slots for a meaningful dialogue. So, he, he only made it to 137 of those people, by the way. But at the end of the day, uh, it's one of those things that, uh, if you look at it, the, the, Guinness, the Guinness judges allow record seekers to accrue five minutes of rest time each hour. Oliver took three 30- to 60-minute breaks. Guinness also required that two witnesses be present at all times. They could work shifts no longer than four hours. 27 witnesses he had to gather to, to make sure that they, right? So anyway, he had all kinds of different people with different perspectives. He had people that you know survived breast cancer. He had people that had survived other cancers and things of the such. And uh, at the end of the day, 
he had, you know, doctors, he had medical professionals, he had insurance people, he had people from all different perspectives to have this conversation about health care. And I think the coolest thing about it is, like I said, you know, my initial question was, why would anybody want to do something like this for the Guinness Book of World Records? Why? Why do it? What's the point of it? But at the end of the thing, um, he basically said that his ultimate goal of this was to get such a cross-section of people that he could put together a, po- a podcast, right? And, is, and, and then maybe write a book for healthcare professionals with the insights from, that he gained in this t- time about how they can improve their patients' healthcare experience. In other words, he didn't just do this for himself. I, li- I love his quote, I can't change the system, but if I can make a difference one person at a time, I'm happy with that. So when we first started, and this is, this is, this is how these stories, you know, they sort of, we peel back the layers of these stories. This is how it really goes, if you think about it. We started off with, here's some goofball in, in White Oak. Here's some goofball in White Oak that has a 37-hour marathon interview to, to break a Guinness Book of World Record. But then you read about it and you, you understand, wait a minute, he actually did this for a purpose. He actually did this to sort of help, to give back. I like that. Now, all of a sudden, I look at the, the, the story a lot differently. I'm upset that he didn't call me and let me be one of the witnesses just so I could have seen it. I just sat there for four hours just to watch this unfold. That's incredible.